Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Hello and thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. My name is Jay Shures, a pastor and certified kingdom advisor. We appreciate the fact you're using wisdom from this podcast to facilitate better financial stewardship in your life. If you have questions about today's program, feel free to give me a call at 888-226-7614. You can also find our contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. Kingdomplanadvisory.com. Now, I am working on a series of podcasts entitled The Final Tithe. Uh, We are talking about estate planning with a biblical purview, with a biblical concept where we include the kingdom into our estate planning. And we do that because on the earlier broadcast, on the first uh, uh, podcast in this series, we talked about ownership. Because I said that ownership is the foundation of understanding why you include the kingdom in your estate plan, in your financial plan, in your in your will, in your beneficiary designations. But I want to tell you how to do that um, as we progress through this series. So once we understand ownership, that God owns it all, that on our way out, that we include the kingdom. Once we understand that, then we can move forward. So today I'm going to talk to you about a legal instrument called a will. I'm going to I'm going to be right up front and explain to you that I do not think that a will is the the best instrument to include the kingdom in your estate plan. I, I and I'm going to give you a, just a number of reasons why I don't think that it is. It could be, but there are sometimes better options. So what is a will? A will is a legal document that basically carries out your final wishes on distribution of your estate. Okay? Now, a proper financial plan will have as little as possible being handled by the will. This is my opinion. I want to be up front. I'm not an attorney. I've been a financial planner for 25 years. I'm just giving you my personal opinion on this. I do not like using a will to include everything in the estate. Uh, it, it's, um, or there are better options available to you that are more cost effective and are a better way to distribute property in a more timely fashion, more timely manner than using a will. But in the same breath, I'm going to tell you everyone should have a will. Everyone should have a will. A will, in my opinion, should handle those personal assets of yours that cannot be handled by other means, such as beneficiary designations, transfer on uh, death, payable on death, uh, beneficiary designations for annuities and life insurance, that type of thing. So a will will handle those things that do not have a named beneficiary. So we just excluded a whole lot of things out of your estate with that particular comment. And I'm going to say it again. A will should or can handle those things that do not have a named beneficiary. What has a named beneficiary? Anything at the bank, your retirement accounts, your life insurance, annuities, 
brokerage accounts. That That's pretty much everything, okay? That you can have a transfer on death or a payable on death or a named beneficiary. So now we've excluded um, a, a probably a very high percentage of your net worth. And I'm going to back up for just a second here. I don't care how much you're worth or what you own. It is my opinion that you should have a will. And the reason I say that is because there are some things includable in a will that that have nothing to do with your value. <coughs> so, a will. First of all, where do you get a will? Well, you can get one online, but I don't recommend it. All right? I, I just don't recommend it. I think you need to go to a qualified attorney uh, that knows how to handle a will, knows what to include in a will, probably is going to do things for you in that will that you probably are not going to get online. Now, back in the day, you know, grandma or grandpa would have to sign out a form uh, or a piece of notebook paper and have someone witness their signature on who gets what. People, will that stand up in court? Yeah, I've, I've seen it. it. It has. But at the same time, you need a professional, a professional that will, will include things in that will that just writing out your final wishes on a piece of note, notebook paper is not going to do. So everyone should have a will, at the minimum. I don't care whether you're worth $5 or $5 million. It, 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 in my opinion, it doesn't make a difference. So in that will, you're going to have things distributed based on your wishes, right? Based on your wishes. So it, if it's a husband and wife, a husband and wife both should have their own will. Many times you see an I love you will, which means my spouse gets everything if I predecease my spouse, okay? And then the spouse will distribute based on the second to die type of concept. Uh, but what's included in that will? I'm going to give you four, some examples. Possibly vehicles, antiques, jewelry, furniture, fishing stuff, guns, you know, coin collections, those kind of things that do not have a named beneficiary. They're normally tangible, that you could see them, all right, that you could pick them up, smell them, taste them, feel them, throw them, drop them on your foot. That's usually what is included in a will. Okay, personal property. Is a house included in a will? Depends on what your attorney says. Uh, sometimes it, it, it just depends. Many times it is. But there are certain situations where it is not. Okay? But like I said, tangible assets. Things that you can see. Things that you can pick up. Things that you can feel. Things that you can physically hand over to someone. And believe it or not, sometimes that is the most difficult decisions that a person makes in their estate plan. Because, you, <clears throat> you know, you have uh, a wedding ring, for example. And let's say there's two daughters. And both daughters say, I want mom's wedding ring. That is a problem. <laughs> You're not going to cut the wedding ring in half, right? It could have been grandma's. It's been passed down for four or five generations. Those are the kind of things that cause problems. And if you allow those kind of, of, of emotional possessions to be distributed at your death intestate, which means without a will, you're probably going to cause fights in your family. Now, you can take the prerogative and say, well, I don't care. I'm not here. I don't care. They'll let them fight it out. And I think, number one, I don't think that's good stewardship. Number two, I think that's that's a cop-out. That, that, that's just laziness because you don't want to make the decision. 
And <clears throat> let me give you another example. Uh, dad and his guns. And I've seen this literally hundreds of times. Dad owns a, his favorite rifle from when he was a kid. Two brothers want it. The dad has to make the decision who gets what. That it, it, it literally causes fights. And if you allow yourself to pass away intestate without a will, you're going to cause problems. It, it, I'm just telling you, it does. Yes, you're going to have to make a decision on who gets what. Because listen, regardless of whether you have a will or not, it's going to be distributed. If you don't have a will, the state has one for you and you probably will not like it. All right, And I, I almost guarantee your family's not going to like it. So take take the initiative. Be proactive and say, okay, I, I need to have a will. And update them accordingly based on divorces, based on new uh, children, grandchildren, whatever it may be. Those of us in the military, that's one of the first things we did. And that's an eye-opener, right? That's an eye-opener. You know, 19 years of age and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who's going to get what. Well, 19 years of age, I didn't have anything other than the boots on my feet and the uniform on my back. You know, and, and signing up for the SGLI, Soldiers Group Life Insurance. You know, it, it, all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh, I'm in a place where I could die. Well, yeah, yeah, you can. So, listen, I will, I'm going to get this back on track here. Sometimes I get off on a dirt country road uh, just because I've got so many stories over, just from personal experiences over the last 25 years watching people die with a good financial plan or a good estate plan in place and people dying with a uh, either an outdated one or none at all. And I'm telling you, it's night and day. It, it, there's just no comparison. Uh, and sometimes I see that it's difficult decisions, but it's best to make those difficult decisions now rather than let your family be broken up and, and possibly never reconcile after your death because you were too lazy to, to make decisions. Uh, and I, I hate to sound harsh, but at the same time, I feel like I need to sound harsh. So that will is going to take those personal effects and going to figure out who's going to get what. Right? It's a good time to do that. I have seen people... Take a piece of sticky tape and put it underneath a particular object. You know, either a piece of, of antique uh, uh, furniture or jewel, uh, uh, pottery. Uh, sometimes, um, well, here's another one. Family pictures. I have seen family pictures divide a family. You, Those are the kind of things you're going to have to figure out. The best way to do those kind of things is to bring all the family in and say, Listen, I, I'm not going to put up with you guys bickering and fighting after I'm dead. This is who's going to get this, and this is who's going to get that. If you guys choose to exchange, that's upon you. This is my decision. And be done with it. And be done with it. I've seen, that is a much better way to approach that than allowing yourself to pass away without any plans in place. Uh, it just seems to be a better option. And I have have encouraged and been part of the process where we bring the family in and I sit there because mom and dad really don't want to say what needs to be said. And we all sit down at the table and say, listen, I am representing your mother and father. These are their final wishes. And I've, I have encouraged them that if there's any fighting after their death, that we include, include instructions in that estate, in that will, that will basically penalize you for disrupting this process. Now we don't do it, but I, you know, I, 
it's an option. It's not a good option. You don't say, well, if you fight about it, you're only going to get a dollar. Listen, I've, I've never told people to do that. But at the same time, I've sat down and say, listen, it's an option. You know, not really. You know, most, most good estate planning attorneys will tell you, don't do that. There have been cases where we've only left $500 because one of the kids was stealing from mom and dad uh, during the process. There have been times that we have excluded people from a trust because they have gotten their part of their inheritance while they were living. There, listen, it, it, it's really uh, um, flexible, okay? There is no cut and dry. That's why I say stay off the internet as far as these things. You want these things to represent your, what what has actually happened in your life, your relationships with your children. And here's the other thing. It doesn't have to be even. See, that's the thing. People say, well, i got two kids. It has to be 50-50. Depends. You know, it, it really depends. Did did you help more one, uh, you know, did, did you spend $200,000 on sending one kid to college and the other one went in the military? Is that fair that you still divide 50-50 at death? Probably not. Those are the th- kind of things that you have to take into consideration. Back to the will. I'm off on the country road again. Uh, <clears throat> so a will is going to be one of those things where, it, you know, if you have a large uh, estate full of, of, of tangible effects, you know, it may be one of those things where the, the personal um, things, things that have an emotional attachment that you include in the will by name, you know, uh, you know, Susie gets uh, grandma's antique dresser and Johnny gets grandpa's uh, antique 22 rifle. You know, you could do that. Uh, I've seen other people say, listen, at, at my death, everything's divided equally. At my death, put everything up on auction and divide the money. I mean, they're, they're, it's flexible, okay? But it needs to be done. You need to do that. You know, in the process of, of buying a home in, in Bonita Springs, Florida uh, last month, we've been, you know, we've been back and forth a couple times. Uh, I've got a trailer hooked up to the truck and, you know, we take things out. I didn't realize how much stuff I had. I, I, I literally, you know, every time that I would load up the trailer and take it to Florida, I'd come back and I'm like, we didn't even make a dent. You know, what What are we going to do with all this stuff? So I've actually, you know, contacted my kids and said, hey, do you want this now? I don't have room for it in, a, in, in the house in Florida. Um, you know, just stuff. You know, you could give things away while you're living, right? But I just didn't realize how much stuff I had. Um, and not really anything of major importance, but still had monetary value. So sit down uh, and do it early in your life if you can. Because it is a process. A process of moving things along. And, and a chance or an opportunity for you to actually share with your family or loved ones uh, your decision making. If you're not comfortable with it, bring in your advisor like myself or your attorney to, to help that conversation and explain. And it really takes any of the, the questionable issues out. It also, uh, it takes away the, well, my brother was over there and I know he was talking to me into this. Get your professional involved. Get your advisor involved or your attorney involved so that that question where they could contest a will kind of removes itself. You could contest a will, right? And I've seen it done over a period of a long time. I've seen one stretch out about 10 years. Some some very famous entertainers, their will is still being probated and, and, and contested. Um, 
but if you if you do that, you kind of eliminate some of the problems. So let me move this along so that, that we can some, make some progress on this this uh, decision. Um, things that are in that will are naming a durable power of attorney or power of attorney. Very, very, very important. All right, talk to your legal professional about that. Someone who's going to take care of things in the event that you can't, whether you're sick. You know, we've seen this this uh, COVID-19 virus put people on a ventilator for two or three weeks. They weren't expecting it, and then they pass away. They didn't have a chance. They didn't have a chance to pay their bills, their light bills, their utility bills, their house payment, the car payment, car insurance payment, all those things. They're laying in a hospital bed with no contact with their family, not able to make any kind of decisions, not able to pay their bills, uh, and sometimes either coming home or not coming home. That's where a power of attorney comes into play. Someone that can pay your bills and take over your finances and take care of those things when you're still living but unable unable to take care of, of yourself. You know, in the past, we've seen it where someone has dementia or Alzheimer's, right? Um, and, and that hasn't changed. Now it's kind of it's like a new storyline in this reasoning or need for a durable power of attorney because people are going into the hospital with this virus uh, and sometimes being in there for a month sometimes on a ventilator in an uh, induced coma. Meanwhile, they're, you know, who's paying their light bill? You know, who's taking care of the animals? Who, I mean, there's a, there's hundreds of reasons why to have a, a, a power of attorney or durable power of attorney. The last thing is, is naming a medical representative. Once again, this COVID-19 thing is really another reason uh, to have the, the that that level of importance on naming a medical representative, sometimes a family member, uh, someone that's geographically close, uh, is something that I recommend. Uh, may not be your first choice, but geographically is is a better option uh, that can make some decisions for you. But you you know allowing them to just make any kind of decision, you take that away in in your your living will, which is your your final wishes. You know your do not resuscitate orders. Those kind of things are includable in the will. Your your your, your wishes on how to be cared for. Do I, you know, am I on a do not resuscitate? You know, do I stay on a feeding tube? You know, do you just uh, uh, make sure that I'm comfortable until I pass? Those kind of things. And then your 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 medical representative can uh, uh, basically instruct the the medical staff to do that based on a legal document they've got in their hand that says that's what you wanted. So listen, I can't really stress the level of importance that a will is. Now, the final tithe is about including the kingdom in your estate plan. And a will can include the kingdom, all right? It can, but I'm really not going to I'm not going to recommend that. Uh, because there are better options out there. Because when we get into uh, uh, retirement accounts and those kind of things, that based on taxable uh, issues, that including the kingdom uh, as a named beneficiary of a retirement account or a qualified account is sometimes a better option. All right. But as we as we talk about the final tithe and estate planning with a biblical worldview um, or a biblical view. Um, a will is highly important, highly important, and it is the first topic of conversation in this process. You know, if you have questions, feel free to give me a call, 888-226-7614. I am not an attorney, okay? 
I can only give you my opinion and experiences based on uh, being a financial planner for uh, the last 24, 25 years. Uh, I will, from from a certified kingdom advisor standpoint, from a pastoral standpoint, from a faith-based financial planner standpoint, I would love to be involved in the process. As you speak to your attorney, I would, I would be in that conversation, uh, in that circle, to give some guidance to the attorney on on different ways. The attorney knows. It, it, I'm not not just any attorney. I'm not talking to someone that's doing personal injury. I'm talking about an estate planning attorney. Um, knows how to to to, to design the, the will or trust. I would just be there to say this is is uh, from a charitable standpoint or from a kingdom oriented standpoint. Um, this is how we're going to facilitate this, and I would just basically represent you with your attorney. So. You can find my contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com, kingdomplanadvisory.com. Uh, sign up for a free consultation. People, uh, you've got to do this. A will is not expensive. It's really not. Um, it's going to be the best three, four, five hundred dollars you've ever spent on getting things in order because you will have some contentment. And you have to understand, estate planning with a biblical view is is all part of your your stewardship and it allows me to try to get you to a level of contentment which is very hard to find with a a uh, secular worldview it, you just, people just normally don't reach it so once again 888-226-7614 my name is jay shears a pastor certified kingdom advisor Would love to help you god bless Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.